0: say to me (laughs) and then just pause and then write down or type in your phone whatever he tells you anyone hear anything all right we're going to take this moment as a teaching moment did you know it is impossible for us to not hear God's voice? Like, well, I don't really hear his voice. It's, there's nothing wrong with you. Everyone hear me? Some, some people hear easily from God, like it's just really easy. They've trained their senses to hear from God really easily. And how many would, would be honest to say, sometimes I have a hard time hearing from God? Anyway, you just raise your hand, just throw it up. Sometimes I have a hard time hearing from God. Yet he is our maker. He fashioned us. And he always has something to say to us. So anytime we're having a difficult time hearing from him, it's because we have believed a lie somewhere. And that lie can be, I'm not good enough to hear from him. I'm not spiritual enough. Or I'm not doing really well right now, so I don't think he's talking to me because I'm in a bad place right now. Or my sin has separated him from me because that's the biggest lie of them all that sin separates us from God? Sin will ultimately separate us from God, but sin does not separate us from him. Because if that was the case, then how would any of us ever been saved? Come on. If sin separates us, the wages of sin will be death. It will be separation, but that's for a later time. So to think that, oh, I've sinned or I've fallen, I've messed up, or I've had a really I've struggled this week, or I haven't spent enough time in prayer. That's the religious, the re- religious one we use. I haven't prayed enough, I haven't read my Bible enough, so why would he talk to me? Stop it right now. It is his good pleasure to give you his kingdom. Little children. Like, he does not withhold any good thing from us. How many, would you say that? God does not withhold from me. Oh. How many. When you said that, it didn't feel true when you said it. Anybody? Say it again. God does not withhold from me. See, in our world version of love, when people don't do what we want them to do, we withhold. That's the world system. Someone does not do what we want them to or expect them to or what they should do. We withhold something, our love, something from them, our attention. But God does not withhold anything from us because he is perfect love. So if you feel like God's been holding out on you, I want you to stand right where you're at. If you feel like God's been holding out, it's okay. Come on. We need to get the things out and shock everyone awake. Like, come on. Anyone here, you feel like God's withholding from you. Jesus. Right. You can keep going if you'd like to. I'm going to take a diversion. I want to talk about a fence. Jesus went to his hometown. And it says he could only do a few miracles there because the people were offended with him. Oh, this is Jesus. Come on. We know him. He's just a snotty-nosed kid we used to see growing up. He was the kid in rabbi school (laughs) goofing around. Come on. He was the goofy kid. This is Jesus. Oh, I mean, we don't even know who his dad is. It's Jesus. So they were offended with him because they knew him so well. And their offense of Jesus, like the old prophet said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And says that Jesus could only do a few miracles there because of their unbelief and because of their offense. I'm going to talk very straight with you. And I wish, so we went to a SOZO training. Um, I was there Friday, but there was a training Friday and Saturday. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But, But one of the lessons that was taught was about forgiveness. And I don't feel like we can go any further with today until we deal with this. There's a story in Matthew chapter 18. You can read it. It says of a man who owed a thousand talents in debt he was in debt to his to his banker or to his master for a thousand talents I may miss some of the details forgive me I'm telling from memory and he had no way of paying it back for instance a thousand talents would have been a talent was a year's wage so take your salary and multiply it by a thousand that's how much debt this man had there was zero chance for him to pay it back and he comes to his master and he's like master I can't I can't pay it back will you have mercy on me? And guess what his master did? Woo! He forgave him his whole debt. What's your salary? Think of that number multiplied by 1,000. He forgave him that debt. Now, how would you feel? Woo! You didn't just win the lottery. You won 1,000 lotteries, man. And the man leaves the debtor's prison, and he goes away. And he's walking down the road, and he runs into a a friend who owed him $1.00. One dollar. And that man who was just forgiven a thousand years of salary takes that man who owes him such a small amount and grabs him by the neck and demands that he pay him what he owes him. And guess who heard about it? The master. The master heard about it. And he says, bring him to me. Man, what a turn this guy had. Like within just a short time. The master brings him in and he says, did I not forgive you a thousand years wage? And you have held a grudge against this person who owed you so little, you are wicked. And he told him, he says, I'm putting you in the prison until you pay every last penny of your debt. No longer forgiven. You are now in prison until you forgive (laughs) and until you pay it all back. So who's who's the master in the story? God. Did you see that? God put someone in prison. For one reason. Because of unforgiveness. And Randy said something and I heard this years ago from him and he said you do not have enough anointing to release captives and prisoners from a jail that God put them in. Like, what does that mean? If I have unforgiveness to someone, I am in jail, and God put me there. Like, whoa, God would not do that. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. And Randy tells it like this. He puts him in the prison and he takes the key and he locks the door. And then he hands the key to the man in through the gates, hands it to him in the prison. And he says, you can be free when you forgive because you have the key. You can be free anytime you want. I'm not holding you in this prison. Your unforgiveness is holding you here because you have the key in your hand. You can be free anytime you want to be free. But if you do not forgive, you will stay in this prison until you pay every last debt. So we think it's okay to hold grudges. It's not. We think it's okay to have unforgiveness towards someone. It can be someone who did something horrible to us, they could owe us a thousand talents. But the moral of the story is I do not get to sit in judgment over someone else. Because whenever I have unforgiveness to someone else, not only are they, not, not only are they in prison because of my offense, I am put myself in prison. And now we're both in jail because of this horrible thing that happened between us. And the only answer to it is for the offended party to release them from their debt or from the offending party to ask for forgiveness from their debt. The key to both situations is forgiveness. Yeah. Right. And this hit me so hard as we were sitting there. I started writing notes in my phone. And I started thinking about it for Fire Life. I thought about it first for me. That's private. And then we thought about for Fire Life. And I'm like, okay, we cannot allow unforgiveness to sit in this house. It will spoil every good thing God wants to do. It will. And you, you could step into the most amazing atmosphere of God's presence where I can, but if I have unforgiveness, I don't get to come out of the jail, no matter how great everything around me is going on. Have you ever wondered, you've been in a room where someone got set free and delivered and you're like, man, I don't feel God the way they're feeling or experiencing him right now. What if the reason that I'm not experiencing the freedom is because I have unforgiveness in my heart? Like, oh, God wouldn't do that. Matthew 18 says that he would because he loves us so much. See, unforgiveness is such a poison. You think I'm standing up here talking about this, like pointing at other people? Absolutely not. I've ha- I have to live this thing right here every single day. You guys have no idea. I have to make this choice every single day. I've been through some hellish things too. Really have. And and I know what it's like to be in prison because I won't let them go. I won't let my foot off of their neck or I demand justice for it. Look, justice is not mine. Justice is God's. Vengeance isn't mine. Vengeance is God's. And here's the thing I want to just say really quick. quickly. I want God to deal with people the way he wants to because I want him to deal with me the way he wants to. Like, I want him to deal with me the way he wants to, which is merciful, graceful. He's strong. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's strong. But it's always with love and mercy. And I don't want anyone who's ever offended me to be judged by anything other than his mercy. I mean that. It doesn't, like, it doesn't matter what anyone did to you. Jesus paid for their price. And he came to release captives and prisoners. And I feel so strongly about this. I, did, I was not going to go here. This is vision. I want to talk about vision, future, where we're going. And I just was like, I, no, there's such a heaviness in this room today. I was like, Lord, is it, is it what we talked about? He says, yes, it's got to be talked about. It has to be dealt with. And I'm going to tell you right now, you have to forgive today. You cannot leave this place carrying any unforgiveness. Like, well, I've forgiven them, but I'm not going to forget about it. I'm not going to tell you how to forgive. I don't know how to tell you how to forgive your situation. Honestly, I haven't been where you are. I don't understand. But Jesus does. Jesus does. He fully understands the pain you've gone through, He walked through it with you. Did you know that? He was in that situation with you when it happened. And He has your best interest at heart. And forgiveness is the key to your best interest. And guess what happens when you forgive that other person? They're also forgiven. (laughs) You and I have the authority in the kingdom to forgive someone a debt, and then Jesus says, well, if they forgave them, I forgive them. It's what the word says. It says, if you don't forgive anyone their sins against you, I won't forgive you. Whoa. How many walk around saying, oh, I'm forgiven by the blood of Jesus, but if I have unforgiveness, that's a lie. I am not walking in the forgiveness of Jesus. That he paid for with his blood if I'm in unforgiveness. Because if I do not forgive, I am not forgiven my sins. But he says if you do forgive anyone their sins against you, I will also forgive them. That's the word. So now we got to be brave. And we got to deal with it. Don't walk out of here in a prison with the key to that prison door in your hand. (laughs) Why don't you close your eyes for a second. Holy Spirit, you are are holy. (sighs) No wickedness can stand in your presence. No evil, no wounds, no pain, no suffering. It's all covered by the blood of Jesus. But our unforgiveness toward anyone has shut down your freedom to move in our life and has put us in a prison. <sighs> hmm. Now be honest, you just talk to the Lord now and I want you to ask, ask the Holy Spirit. He is the search, the search engine, the searchlight. He knows our hearts. The Spirit of God knows us. Would you ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there anyone I need to forgive? you know what to do if he said yes. You may have more than one person. Go down the list. Say their name. Mom, dad, brother, sister, friend. Say their name. Release them. I forgive you in Jesus' name. I forgive you by the power of Jesus. I can't do this, but Christ in me can do this, and I choose to forgive you. And blessed is he who is not offended. You're like, man, I got a a whole lot of people to forgive. Then ask ask the Holy Spirit, can I just forgive them all (laughs) at once? And if he says yes, then do it. Say, God, I forgive everyone. Everyone I can remember. Come on. Everyone I can remember who did me wrong. And all the ones I've forgotten but have had a soul wound. I release them. I release them in Jesus' name. I take my foot off of your throat. I do not want you to be put in prison. I do not want you to be punished. I forgive you. I forgive you all.
1: Ooh. Oh Jesus Hmm.
0: And we're going to go one step further. If you're still in that moment, stay there. Take it with you in your prayer closet through the week. You may have to work this thing out of forgiveness, but do it. Do the work. It's worth it. But now that we have forgiven others, now we can ask him to forgive us. Because we've hurt other people. Every single one of us may be on someone else's list of people that hurt them. So I want to be forgiven for the things I did intentionally or unintentionally. It doesn't matter. However they experience me is what matters. And if it's, if it's intentional or not, I want to be forgiven. So why don't you ask the Holy Spirit, forgive, forgive me, Holy Spirit. Whew. Release me from the sins of my past. Hmm. Release me from my debt. (laughs) Yeah, come on, take a moment there. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus. We choose forgiveness and we receive forgiveness. I see the Lord pulling arrows out of your back, just pulling them out one by one. the names of Holy Spirit is Counselor. He's the Counselor. So going forward, we're going to ask for Holy Spirit to be our Counselor. So would you ask Him, Holy Spirit, will you be my Counselor? (laughs) My teacher, my guide? Will you help me to know how to manage myself and my boundaries and my life? We don't want worldly or earthly wisdom to to influence us here because then we can claim forgiveness and then still put people in prisons. The Holy Spirit knows how to help us. you know in the story what what should have happened? was when the guy was released from his thousand year wage sentence and he came across anyone who owed him any money, he should have been like, hey man, my master just released me, I release you. Like, that's what should happen. So going forward, that's how we should live. We've been released, now we're going to release others. Amen? Thank the Lord for what He's doing in you. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your mercies. <laughs> I thank you because you don't deal with us according to our sin. Ooh. Ooh. The Scripture says, "If you marked iniquity, who could stand?" Ooh, man. But mercy comes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Singing Lindell Cooley before church, and that's another one. <laughs> the Lord, have mercy, song. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Are y'all good? Uh, it feels like. How do I shift? I don't know. We'll just embrace it if it's awkward. It's all right. <sighs> you guys okay? How about we start there? You okay? You ready? You feel feel lighter? I hope so. If not, the the key's in your hands, even if you're still in prison. All you got to do is forgive, and then you will be let out of the cage. Come on. Yeah. Well, glad you're here. We just bless you. Got House of Prayer Wednesday nights. I'm just going to fly through this and just going to jump into just a moment. If you want a hat, you can order a hat through the app or on the paper in the back. We have a meeting right after this. It'll be 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to answer some questions, anyone that has any questions. Um, giving, if you have your offering, you can give in person. Um, we have buckets available. You'll see someone with a bucket. We can do that here in just a moment. I'm not going to do all the declarations and all that. Um, but I will pray over your your family and your finances. So, Father, we thank you so much for being a good provider. and And, Father, maybe some of the blessing has been locked up away from us because we haven't forgiven. And and I pray that today that as forgiveness is released by us to others and and we have been released, that maybe it opens the window of heaven and that thing that's been stopped up will be unstopped. Hmm. Thank you for it, God. I ask that you bless every family here. Bless their finances. Bless the businesses that they own and the people that they work for, God. We ask that your favor would come upon them. Whew. Increased favor, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to talk long because I did that whole other thing, but I just kind of want to cover where we're at, where we're going just real quickly. Just a simple version. I'm not going to go through details and graphs and all kinds of stuff right now. I literally just want you to know that we have a very specific direction that we're headed. We know where it is, and we're locked in on it. I think I said that a couple weeks ago, like, when the, 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 the Air Force locks in on a target and they're trying to get locked in and then when they get locked in, it beeps and says the, the light turns green and it's ready to fire. I feel like that's where we're at right now as a church. I feel like we're locked in on our identity and where we're going in the future. Um, later this year will be our 60th uh, celebration, 60 years. So 1963, this church was started as a fellowship and it's been through a lot in, in those 60 years um some of you have been part of it for a long time you've seen highs and lows um I kind of want to say this uh it's felt like the that that the place hasn't had an identity for a while um like we're trying to figure it out like maybe our identity for a season was to struggle who's been here longer than 10 years or been connected to this house longer than ten. So when I say that it seems like that we had an identity of struggle, does that sound true to you? For a while, it was like struggle, just trying to make it. Survival. How about survival is better? We're just trying to survive. And there were weeks where we would come to church or we'd join together, and it felt like, man, I know God loves us and God's doing something good, but, man, we're just trying to survive. And it can become a heavy thing. And I think that we went through a season where that was the identity, and I feel like we're, we've, we're beginning to completely break that thing, that we're not thinking about surviving anymore. We're thinking future. We're thinking our children and our children's children. Uh, I'm not just thinking about my next meal. I'm thinking about the future. I feel like God has us in that place, and I feel like he's shifting our identity, and one of those things that we need to change, let me ask um, who actually lives in the city of Irving or Las Colinas just raise your hand anyone we've got just a can you raise them high so people can see how few people actually live where our church is we have it's, that's good i'm i'm thankful we have that many because um, a lot of people drive from from other places whether it's the mid cities um, or it's almost a, in fort worth or Worthington where we live which is I say that because I don't want to say I'm from Arlington, but it's it's just, I live in a town of 2,000 people. You guys know that? I live in a town of 2,000 people that's inside of a town of 400,000 people, that's inside a city of 7 million people, but I live in a little town. So anyway, some people live way out in, in, in Argyle or uh, North Lake, West Lake, I don't know exactly what city it is. North Lake. I mean, we got people from all over Arlington everywhere. And so what happens is we don't want that to stop because the, the, the church is located in a really great location. That's it's easy to get to pretty much from anywhere. I mean, we've got all the major highways right here. It is a good location to get to, but it doesn't feel like it has an identity as far as a neighborhood. And we're going to shift that because we are in Las Colinas. We are in Irving. And did you know, we're like three miles from downtown Coppell. Like we're that, no one, how many people ever even go north on Beltline? Very few people do, but man, there's a beautiful city right there. Neighborhood, shopping centers, farmer's market, all kind of stuff like right across the highway from us. And it doesn't feel like we're connected to that. So you're going to begin to see over through our website and through some initiatives that we put in place where we have a Saturday where we all go to the farmer's market together and buy fresh vegetables in Capel, so that you begin to understand that FireLife is located in a geographic region. We are not disjointed. That, that's a that's a big deal. It's a bigger deal than we probably realize. We are not scattered all over the place. We have an identity. We are in Irving, Las Colinas, and we're in Capel. You're going to begin to see us uh, paint that picture more and do more things so that we feel part of this neighborhood in this city because you can't reach a neighborhood that you have no connection with. And you can't reach people you don't love. And if we don't spend time with them, how can we love them? So there's going to be some shifting and some things that we do, but I feel like God's just taking us down a specific path and there's just for scripture for today in John chapter 11 is the whole story of Lazarus who was Jesus's friend and he died and and Mary and Martha were really upset with Jesus because they're like, if you would have just been here, he wouldn't have died, which is a great statement of faith, but also an accusation like how come you were late? Where were you? He's your friend. You're out healing people that you don't even know, and your friend over here dies. And then Jesus says, well, he's not going to die. It's going to work out. And, and, and she's like, well, I know that he'll live again in the, in the afterlife, in, after the resurrection. And Jesus makes the statement, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he was dead, yet he shall live. And, and they don't understand what he's talking about, but then he goes in in John chapter 11, verse 40. The scripture has just stood in my heart for a while. And he goes in and he heals and he says, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? That's what I want to say to Fire Life. If you believe, we will see the glory of God. If you believe, we will see the glory of God. This place will turn into a completely different place. You will not recognize it. Like the vision that I have, I'm going to just give, give a couple of images and pictures of it today. But this, this place, like I said, I think I said this last week, meeting for church service is going to be the, the weird thing we do. Because we're going to spend time in prayer, the majority of our time, it's going to be prayer. It's going to be breakout sessions. It's going to be healing breaking out. There's going to be all kinds of activity, kingdom activity going on. And so, get, gathering in a room and sitting down and listening to someone talk and preach is going to be the weird thing out of all the things that God's doing in this house. It's going to be a celebration, but it's going to be it's going to be the weird thing. Okay, honestly, that's that Lord willing in our future. This place will become a hub of spiritual activity, of deliverance, of breakthrough, of salvations, of people coming from darkness into light. Come on. People coming from Hinduism, from, 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 from the Muslim religion, from Buddhism, from humanism, from atheism, from all the other isms out there. They're going to become uh, transformed from darkness to light in this place. And it's not just going to happen when we preach the gospel or worship together on a Sunday. It's going to happen when you rub shoulders with people in the foyer. It's going to happen when you and another person happen to pull into the parking lot at the same time and you park next to each other and you get out of the car next to each other and the Lord tells you to pray and prophesy over them and they're healed and touched right there as you do it. Come on. How cool would that be if you came to church every Sunday knowing you were on assignment and that you weren't here to come into a room and sit in a chair and look up at a stage. We've even had talks like, I'm tired of the face the stage church. I'm tired of it. I don't like it like i i i see upper room and they're building this beautiful new church and i'm like I, I you're not supposed to be jealous but i'm jealous it's gorgeous first of all it looks like art which is beautiful but then they've built they've built it around the stages in the center and it's a circle and it's built like it's built like the old tabernacle and it's got the seating around it and then it's got this it's just you can go look at it online upper room new building and I'm like, oh, how can we do that in here where it's not look at the stage? And it feels so performance. It feels so consumer, whatever the word would be, whatever the end of that. I feel like a consumer when I come to church because I sit in a chair and I listen to you and I watch you. And it, that's not the kingdom. And so we've got to... We can't do away with this because we were supposed to gather together and be equipped, right? But we've got to add other activity that makes this thing not the only thing we do. Thank you. Baby, I love you. I'll give you a kiss for that one. (laughs) This can't be the only thing we do. This can't. We have to have other kingdom activity happening that will make when we gather heaven on earth. Come on. And so we're going to be a house of prayer. Like, oh, that sounds really cool. House of prayer. Yes, we're going to be a house of prayer. House of prayer for all nations is what he said. Amen? It's Isaiah 56, verse 7. I'm going to skip ahead. Isaiah 56, verse 7, he says, Even those I will bring to my holy mountain, I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. There will be joy. Hello? Joy in the house of prayer. We will be the happiest people around. In a house of prayer, joyful. Did you hear that? In my house of prayer, they will be joyful. When we think of prayer, what do we think of? you got the, the mourning cloth on, right? And everyone's crying, and there's going to be that because people are travailing and birthing things, and that happens. But prayer is a joyful activity because I am communing with the king of the universe. I have an audience with the king. And that's what prayer is. And when I pray, I get changed. But guess what happens when I pray? I become a filter to change other people. Freely I have received. Freely I get to give. That's why we want to be a house of prayer. We don't want to be a house of mourning. We want to be a house of joyful prayer. Come on. It says their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable. The burnt offerings and the sacrifices of your life will be pleasing to God in this house of prayer on his altar. Not my altar, his altar. Come on, we're restoring the altar. He says, for my house will be called, what? A house of prayer for who? All people, all all nations. Mm. I love it. Let's look at this next version where Jesus quotes this. It's in Mark chapter 11. It's also in Matthew. But it says, they came to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple. And what did he do? Ooh, this is the Jesus I like. Come on. He fashions a whip. Like it took him some time. I don't think he walked around with this whip. (laughs) I think he, he went into his father's house and saw all the stuff going on. And he's like, uh, uh, Mm -mm." I see him like, Mm, Nope. And then he takes off and he goes and gets his material and he fashions a whip. And then he didn't cool down. Like the fashioning the whip didn't take away his anger and his vengeance and his zeal for the house of God. It only stirred up more. And it says that he came in and he drove out those who sold and bought inside the temple. He drove out the money chambers. He overturned the tables. Like, oh, no, Jesus is so sweet. He's a lion, too, man. He's flipping tables over. Can you see this picture? They're worshiping the way they've always worshiped. They're doing things the way they've been doing it. And Jesus walks in and starts driving out the people that are buying and selling and flipping their tables over. Jesus, Whew. sorry about the spell check thing there, yeah, anyway, and, A, and, he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying, it is not, is it not written that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of what? Thieves. All right, this is what fire life has to become, a house of prayer. It cannot become a den of thieves. It cannot become a house of religion. It cannot become a house of consumerism. It cannot become a house where there's a stage and we sit in our chair and then every now and then we get to get involved. No, 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 no. You don't get to sit there and not be involved anymore. You are active. You are supposed to be activated. You are a kingdom carrier. You have the kingdom inside of you. The Bible says that, that out of your belly, out of your belly, come on, your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It says that everywhere in Ezekiel, everywhere the river went, there was all kinds of fruit and life and animals and that the leaves, even the leaves on the tree were for the healing of the nations. Like, well, it's gonna be a house of prayer for all nations. Well, what do I have to offer the nations? I have the leaves that comes from the fruitful life because I'm anchored by the river and I'm fruitful and the fruit of my life feeds the nations. The leaves on my tree heals the nations come on that's what we're becoming a house of prayer so guess what we got to be better at <laughs> it only makes sense praying all right I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down a little bit all right <laughs> we're gonna be brutally honest on a scale from one to ten. Ten being great Zero being fire life. I mean, zero being not good. Where are we in our prayer as a church? I think the needle's starting to move a little because at least we're praying Wednesday nights. That's helping. But, man, we got to do better. Just, I'm not, I'm I'm usually not the negative, like, come on. But I'm talking to me. I'm talking to all of us. We got to do better. We just have to. How can we be about our father's business if we're not even talking to him about his business? How can we be a house of prayer with healing in our leaves for all nations if we're not communing and fellowshipping with him? And I'm so thankful for the people that have been coming out on Wednesday night. It's been great. It's been a great start. But it's just a start. It's just a small start. It's just one hour out of our whole week. I I long for the day where we have, every day we have hours where people come and pray. Like, man, that sounds overwhelming because we just got so few. We're going to grow into this, all right? We're going to do what we can do at every stage. Adding an hour a week right now feels really good and it fits in with the size of our church. But it's not going to always just be that one little hour on Wednesday night. And I don't want to diminish it because it is powerful. All it takes is one person coming to agreement with heaven for heaven to shift earth. Okay? That's all it takes. But when I say a house of prayer, I don't just mean we come in here and we pray our list before God. Because a house of prayer is a place where we minister to God and to one another. Did you know that we're supposed to minister to God? God. I don't understand that. We're supposed to actually ad- ad- bring ministry unto God, to attend to him. To the Bible says to ascribe glory to him. Which means that most of our prayer should be ministry unto God. It's thanking him. It's praising him. It's it's saying his names out loud. You're like, I don't really know how to do this. Learn God's names and then just pray his names. I promise you it's impossible for you to take the names of God and what they mean and pray them out loud and it not shift your attitude. I'm just telling you, man. You start saying, Jehovah Rapha, he's my healer. Come on. And then you get Jehovah Nisi, he's the Lord, my banner. Woo! Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, my righteousness. Woo! Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I don't know. This is it. We're ministering to God. We're telling him who he is. God, this is who you've been to me. This is who you are to me. And I'm bringing ministry to you. I'm bringing an offering unto you that hopefully smells beautiful in your nostrils. This is part of being a house of prayer. If you look at the house of, the, the prayer house movement that's happening all over the world, the 24-7 prayer movement, a majority of what their time is spent on doing is worship and ministry unto God. It's not. It's not coming in and sitting in a circle praying our prayer list for the week. It is a ministry unto God. It's taken from Revelation. It's the harp and the bowl where we're literally ministering songs and our tears, and we're bringing them unto the Lord as worship. And He shows up because He loves it. The what does the Bible say? Where does the Bible say God lives? I heard her, I know y'all said it too, in the praises of his people. Where does God live? He inhabits the praises of his people. We want God to shift fire life. We want God to shift our family. We lift his name up and he will show up. And it's impossible for him to show up and not have anything happen. Y'all okay? We will be a house of prayer for all nations. I can't wait till the nations come here. I can't wait till I'm uncomfortable and have to relearn all kinds of new stuff because I'm surrounded by nations of people that are not the same as me. And I get the privilege of doing life with them. You know how awesome it is? Like, I think about this honestly. I think about this all the time, whether it's here at church or whether it's with the soccer team. I'm like, of this entire universe, this globe, this earth of seven billion, almost eight billion people. I get to play on the same soccer team and meet you. How did that all happen? Out of all these people, I get to go to church with Shagoon. Woo! How cool is that? Like, if we were kids, we never would have dreamed... I don't know if you would have dreamed in Nigeria that you would come to America and that you would be part of a church. Like, like all the amazing stuff that God does. Like mean, the Brother Daniel in the back here, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, he was on the other side of the world in a country we didn't even know each other. And here he is today. We get to worship together. How cool is that? Like, God does that on purpose. He brings us together. And only he can do it. Like, did you guys ever think you'd come to America and open businesses, the Ogu family? Like, like amazing like look look where god brought you and we get to do life together it's so cool and the nations are going to come here and you and i are going to get to feel this way about each other like oh you're i don't even know where that country is what language do you speak like how cool like we're speaking english obviously but what other language do you speak how what are your customs how do you worship this is going to be fun like it's going to be like evan and we live in one of the greatest areas in the U.S. for diversity. Like, the, the media always tries to talk bad about the South. Oh, y'all, y'all aren't diverse. Y'all are a bunch of redneck hicks. And, you know, are you kidding me right now? Like, we, we get along so well. Come on. <laughs> the whole nations are right here in this zip code, in this region. And we get to do life together. And guess what? It's not to bring them into a church service but it is to bring them to a house of prayer. A house of prayer for all nations where there's healing and deliverance and everything that people need. So this is what we're becoming, all right? This is our DNA. I don't know how we ever got away from it. I don't know how I ever personally got away from it. Did you know that, so before Mandy and I left Family Worship Center, and we knew we were going to go out into ministry. We didn't know where, what we were going to do. We weren't going to pastor. Like, that was not what we were going to do. We were going to open that prayer house. We did all the research. We went and hung out with, with some, some guys in Arlington that had built a, a prayer house. And we, we picked their brain. We were like, well, where do we need to plant one? We started looking at properties, and I, I just started dreaming. Like, we're going to start a prayer house. We're going to do 24-7 prayer, and we're just going to pray and minister to God. That's what we thought we were going to do. And then the Lord's like, no, you're going to pastor. I'm like, oh, come on. I got this great plan. And so from 08 until, re- until very recently, I feel like I've just stepped in. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a pastor. And the Lord just began to birth this prayer thing again. And my wife's got it. And we have to be a house of prayer. We're not going to not be a church. The church is a house of prayer. A house of prayer is a church. It is, it is the same thing. You can't separate them. And we have such a deficient prayer culture because we don't realize all the things that it can be. You can pray through dance. Did you know that? You can intercede through the dance. You can intercede through art. Come on. You can intercede through, through drama, theater, all kinds of things. There are ways for us to express prayer and intercession unto God. And we're going to do that in this house. (sighs) So that's what we're going to be. All the other stuff we do is important. But all the other stuff we do will be centered around we're going to be a house of prayer. Amen? How does that make you feel when you think about it? Hopeful? Anyone else? I feel hopeful. I also feel overwhelmed because I don't know how to do it. I know how to play church and do church and set a service order and do all that. How do you build teams for a 24-7 prayer ministry? Where do people come from to manage these teams? Well, when I look at the groceries that we have, (laughs) like, how do we make that meal? It's because... I'm looking through poverty lenses, and I'm looking at what I have, and the Lord's, what did he say to most? What do you have in your hand? (laughs) My dad always said this, whatever we need is always in the house. Would you say that? What we need is in the house. So for us to think, oh, well, we need this, we need more people, we need, stop it. What we need to do this and move that direction is right here in this house. And when the few of us get going in the same direction, in in the right spirit of unity and pursuit of his favor, God will add everything, because he says, seek first the kingdom. And everything that we need will be added unto us as we go and do this thing. So you're going to see, Fire Life, we're going to become a house of prayer. Amen. So much other stuff I could say, but that's what we need to say. If we don't get that right, it doesn't matter how great our transformation stuff is. It doesn't matter how great our discipleship is. It doesn't matter how great our worship is, our teaching. None of the other stuff, it it won't have a foundation to sit upon if it's not a house of prayer. And we can, tr- we can become trained in the gifts of the Spirit and all kinds of giftings and stuff that's for our church that we will do. That God says, these gifts are for you. We can get really good at all that stuff. But man, if we don't have the foundation, the deep foundation of prayer to sit it on, then it won't matter. It won't produce the fruit that he wants it to produce. We want to put first things first. And if we put first things first, then we get second, third, fourth, fifth things Amen? She's like, well, what do I do? Okay, so here's the thing. This isn't a pastor do this thing. This isn't a leadership do this thing. This is all of us. All y'all do this thing. All of us. Amen? It's going to take a shift. God, we ask for grace. Hmm. We know that we're locked in on the the target. And you'll give us steps as we go. But, man, when we get this target settled, when we get this first principle settled, then you'll begin to add giftings and adorn us as a house. Did you know that God's going to adorn fire life with gifts So, God, we just ask that you would do that, that you would help us to settle this issue and that we would put becoming a house of prayer at the top priority of our lives. And then that you would decorate fire life with every other thing you want us to have, but that it would hang off of being a house of prayer. Amen. So, why don't you practice? Why don't you just stand? Let's pray for a moment. Whatever comes to your heart, He speaks to you. Remember, He talks to us. Just begin to pray right now. Holy Spirit, yeah, we surrender this to you.
1: We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. You're beautiful. You're beautiful, Jesus.
0: (laughs) There's no one like you, God. You've been so faithful. You're just, you're holy, and righteous. It's a privilege to serve you, God. Woo. It's a privilege to be called sons and daughters. It's a privilege to be called ministers of the gospel. <laughs>
1: Did it a we have it it it
0: House of prayer for all nations God Yes, Lord, yes, Lord Whew. Why don't you pray for someone close to you? Make us, pray the prayer. Make us a house of prayer. Woo, make us a house of prayer, God. Make me a house of prayer. Make me a dwelling place of your presence that I minister before you day and night. Lord, day and night, God, may I minister unto you. <laughs> God, everyone here, make us a house of prayer. Shift. Make the shift happen in us, God. <laughs>
1: Shundari did it of a cosa did it of a shundari did it Jesus, thank
0: you, Lord. Huh. We will see the glory of God. Come on, we will see the glory of God. Mm. Yeah, come on. (laughs) We believe, and we will see the glory of God this house in our time we will be a revival house God a house of prayer for all nations mm. thank you jesus thank you jesus Would you say this this prayer with me? Father God, we will be a house of prayer for all nations. Your zeal will consume us. We will minister to you day and night. You will rest upon me. Come on, tell him, say it to him. You will rest upon me, Holy Spirit. In power. Father God, I ask you to make this physical location an activity, a place for your activity, sorry. A hub of kingdom activity. Every single day, God. May people be delivered, set free, released from demons, filled with your spirit, saved, <laughs> and healed. In Jesus' name. Amen. You need prayer, grab someone.